Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. That makes us Stuff You Should Know. Hi. Hey, man. How are you doing? I'm good. You're all smiles, aren't you? I am. Is this uh, this article that we're about to, to talk about, did it make you smile reading it, like the contagious yawning one? No. I'm pretty smiley, though. You're fairly smiley. Guys. Unless I'm actively pissed off about something, mm-hmm. then I'll probably be smiling. Okay. But you, you've seen me upset, too. That happens. I've never seen you upset. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you just smiled just now. That made me smile. Was that a fake <laughs> smile or was that a uh, what's called a Duquesne smile? That was Duquesne, baby, all the way. So we're going to go with Duquesne, but it could be Duquesne. Uh, there's two N's. So I think it may be Duquesne. A Duquesne smile. It's French. It, it's named after a Frenchie, uh, Guillaume Duquesne. He's a uh, neurologist, one of the early ones, where it was basically like, oh, there's a brain there, and it's in control of everything. So let's test all sorts of crazy stuff, Yeah, and we'll begin the field of, of neuroscience, right? Yeah. And in 1862, sort of oddly at the time, I think, there was so much more interesting things going on to study. He figured out that the you know there's a natural smile, and there are facial muscles uh, involved in that that are involved with the brain, and... So he said, I will name it after myself. Well, he was kind of an interesting guy in that he was, from what I understand, somewhat obsessed with the idea that muscles were connected to the soul. Uh, Okay. Which is weird because that kind of provides the basis of later research into facial expressions and specifically smiling. But he was kind of on to something in a weird roundabout way. Yeah. But the, the way that he isolated, he was famous for isolating the facial expressions involved in the smile. Right. But he did it by taking emotion out of the equation. And he did that by shocking the facial muscles of patients in his hospital. That's how he, that's how he identified what muscles <laughs> really? were involved in a smile, in a genuine smile. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he, he was known to um, basically shock people's faces. <laughs> There's a picture of him with the patient, uh, these two... Um, these two basically rods that you would use to shock somebody, and the person's going like, uh, or like I'm not doing this on my own. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, so let's do Ken. Okay. And that was some pretty shocking experimentation. <laughs> so Duquesne, right, comes up with this smile, and it's a that's the genuine smile. But there's also a fake smile, and the Duquesne smile. Also, if you're interested, Chuck. Um, I didn't send it to you, but there's this thing called Spot the Fake Smile on BBC. It's like 20 different pictures, and you pick whether it's fake or genuine. Oh, I could pick that up. Apparently, easy. people stink at it. I didn't have time to really do it, so I don't know what my score was. I did like four of them. But they were kind of hard. But the key is, when you're looking for a genuine smile, the eyes are involved. You get the crow's feet. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you're, you're, you get kind of squinty. Yeah. That's a real smile. Yeah. Fake smile is just the mouth. Yeah, I have uh, jokingly doctored up photos of Emily and myself, um, like smudging away wrinkles and stuff and crow's feet. Mm-hmm. Just kidding around. I would not, I would not really, you know, me in pictures. I don't care. No, you. That's that's my bag. Um, but it, Emily always says it looks like we're like smiling without our eyes. It looks like you know that fake smile, mm-hmm. like you've been botoxed, which yes. will come up later. Exactly in this discussion. So. Um, 
fake smiling, real smiling. Obviously, the one you want to go for is the genuine smile because you you can feel it. It's like kind of starts in your gut and comes out of your heart. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, like when you see a guy fall down on the street and you just like, you feel that sense of happiness. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you just start whistling maybe as you walk along your way. You're like, sorry, mister. Need a, need a hand? <laughs> Yeah. Nope. And okay. then you happen to have your uh, your prosthetic hand in there, and you let him pull it right <laughs> out, and you're like, "Whoa!" Did I ever tell you about the guy in college that fell off his bike, and his books splayed out all over the street in front of like hundreds of students on campus? Oh wow! And he uh, he just put his arm on his chin and started thumbing through one of the books while he was <laughs> laying down. It's awesome. <laughs> it was one of the better reactions I've ever seen. That is awesome. Wow. I think that would have emotionally crippled me. I was so self conscious in college. I would not have liked that either. I would have been like, well, that's it for me in college. Yeah, I'm transferring <laughs> yeah. to a tent. Exactly. In my dad's backyard. Um, so, Chuck, we've got the, the fake the difference between the fake smile and the real smile. And I don't know if you noticed this. You're a little older than me. But in the 70s and 80s, uh-huh. were you aware that there was a lot of, like, this is the heyday of smile research? I didn't know that. It sort of makes sense just because that's when the whole happy face boom. Um, yeah. You know, once Forrest Gump invented that. Right. With that smiley face T-shirt, then, yeah, yeah, that was a big deal. Smiling was a big deal. Okay, so well, people, I don't know, you know put with funding it. into figuring out, what, you know, just evaluating smiles. Yeah. And one of the things they found that was kind of surprising is that that fake smile we were talking about, the one that just has to do with the the mouth and it's not necessarily connected to any emotion. Yeah, the fake smile um, actually can lead to more positive feelings or a better sense of well-being, at least in these studies that came out of the 70s and 80s. Yeah, there's been a lot of studies, as it turns out. But that's kind of weird because, you know, the way we've always thought of smiling is your smile is the result of positive feelings, not you can generate positive feelings from smiling. Right. Right? But there there are a bunch of studies, as you say, that that, and they found this body of research is is surprisingly consistent, right? Yeah, and in the late 80s, uh, this psychologist named Robert uh, Zajonk. I, I took it as Zajonic. Well, I think it's no Balkan. I. I know, but they, they <laughs> add like... Um, oh, do they? Invisible. It's not silent. It's an invisible vowel. All right. This doctor from the Falklands, where? Balkan? Balkans. <laughs> from the Falklands. From the Falkland Islands. Published a study. This smile stuff is making us so silly, dude. It is. <laughs> Uh, he had subjects repeat vowel sounds, obviously, which would mimic either a smile or a frown. So if you're going to mimic a smile, you would do like an E. All right. And if e- you were to do a, a, a frown, you would do a long U. U. And even your brow furrows, U. even though I think you're exaggerating. But that's sort of what happens naturally to your face. E. <laughs> right. But, but he was making them use these vowel sounds because to find out whether it has an effect, positive or negative, or none... Yes. You have to take emotions out. You want them to be emotionally neutral to begin with. Which is kind of hard, because I would be sitting there kind of giggling anyway at the silliness of the whole thing. But it's similar to, like, Duquesne using the the shocks. You're trying to keep emotion out of it to see right. if you can generate Like, it. don't think of something happy, just go, yee. Right. Uh, and they, in fact, reported, the subjects reported feeling better with the long e sound, e sound and the feeling bad with the u. So, there you have it. Case closed, right? Ta-da. <laughs> yeah, I guess I I do kind of, you know, I have problems with studies like that. Anytime it, it's a, they base everything on a measure of reported well-being, yeah. subjective well-being. Sure. Like we've talked a lot about happiness. Yeah. Right? We've got an audio book just sitting there. 
that we've never released on happiness. Just gathering dust. Yeah. Um, so we know a lot about this, and we know that there are a lot of studies out there that are just kind of like, you know? Yes. And if it were just this one, I would I would be poo-pooing it. But there's a bunch of other ones that have kind of followed similar methodology and have come up with Let's hear it. similar results. Well, rather than making vowel sounds, there was another study that had people hold a pencil yeah. in their in uh, their mouths, either sideways or which sideways to make yeah, it makes the smile, right. or sticking out, which makes a pout. Right, out makes a pout. Always remember that. <laughs> There's your mnemonic device. Right, uh, and they found the same thing that people who were who had the pen sticking out of their mouths were unhappier afterward, and people who were holding the the pencil or pen lengthwise. We're happier afterward. That's right. Again, self-reported, but this is kind of strange that people are still coming to the same conclusion. Yes, and yet another Josh uh, had um, ex- three groups of people. One was shown pictures of facial expressions. Another group made those facial expressions, and yet another made those expressions while looking at themselves in a mirror. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they were asked uh, questions that pinpointed their emotional state before and after, Mm -hmm. and overwhelmingly, they scored happier after smiling, and the mirror subjects saw an even more pronounced change in mood than those who didn't see the mirror. So it went the people who just looked at pictures of people smiling didn't have much of a change. You didn't have any at all. They didn't have any at all. That's what it says. The people who smiled but didn't look at pictures and didn't look into a mirror had some change. Yes. But the people who smiled but they looked into a mirror had like... Through the roof change, right? That's the jackpot. That's when you're looking, you're like, hey, look at, I like that guy, he's smiling, I'm smiling right back, and it's just a, a love fest. That's funny. I'm always disappointed when I look in the mirror, even when I'm smiling. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But. I don't uh, even look in mirrors that much anymore. I think yeah, we've talked yeah. about that. Yeah, we have. And probably in the How Mirrors Work episode. I bet you right. <laughs> I'm going to suspect that one. Although, that little trick mirror, we were on that photo, film shoot, uh, not too long ago, and they had one of those mirrors that makes you all squatty. A funhouse mirror. I think you and I, like, five-year-olds stood in front of that thing for 30 minutes laughing. Yeah. The funniest part was you and I are, like, going up and down, you know, like, we're playing in the mirror, but then the crew was just walking by. Right. And they looked really deliberate, you know, but yeah. they looked like lollipop like, guild look members. Look that little, little person there carrying that light. It was a, but with big feet. Right. That was pretty cool. Funhouse mirrors are the best. Um, but... This is this kind of raises a big question, like why would looking in the mirror um, increase your happiness sure. more than just smiling, right? Um, Unless you love yourself or think, you know, like the, I mean, that's an explanation, sure. Um, but you're probably going to lose your funding if that's what you come you come up with. Instead, <laughs> yeah. these researchers who conducted this particular study um, suggested that there's a self conscious aspect to um, smiling, yeah. right? Which so makes where sense. If you, so in the group that just smiled, mm-hmm. there, if there are people who were introspective, who thought about their feelings, who were aware of their changes in emotion, those people would have had the most um, boost in happiness from just smiling. But looking in the mirror, yeah. you take all those people who aren't necessarily introspective and force them to confront their change in emotion by, by making them watch themselves smile. Yeah. And so that that it, it, that almost um, is a supplement to self consciousness. If you're not self conscious, this simulates that that phenomenon. Indeed, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you you don't have to just sit there and think, oh, I'm smiling right now. You can see it. You're yeah, taking yeah. it in. So uh, they think that there's a there's a psychological 
aspect to it. But this guy, Robert Zajonic, yes. that's what we concluded his name is, uh-huh. he suggests that there's a physiological basis for it. Right. So there's maybe both. That's so right. the the only thing we're we're missing now is what Duquesne thought, which is that it, they're all facial muscles are connected to the soul. That's right. And then everybody'll just be happy and covered. That's right. Yeah. And interestingly, Josh, this goes back to one Chucky Darwin. Yeah. He actually thought of this stuff back in the uh, 19th century that facial expressions don't only ref- reflect emotions but could be the cause of them. And uh then he got busy with, you know, the whole other stuff that he did, mm-hmm. this, that little matter of uh, the Galapagos, yeah. and uh, it kind of sat on the back burner until the 80s when these new dudes started studying it, and uh, Dr. Zajonic looked at the research a little further and basically says, you know what, I've got a physiological reason, I've got a hypothesis here why a smile might trigger happiness, and it has to do with the temperature of your body parts change. Mm-hmm. Uh, when there's activity there in the muscles, and there's chemical activities that happen in that area as well because of that temperature change, just like in smiling. Right. Well, he was saying there was other research that I don't think had anything to do with smiling that that found right. that changes in temperature in the brain led to biochemical changes. Right. So, like maybe more of an endorphin was released when it's cooler, or basically what they found was when you you can connect emotions to temperature. A warmer brain is an anxious brain. Yes. Maybe it has to do with fight or flight. Sure. Um, a cooler brain, comparatively, mm-hmm. uh, is a happier brain. And Zajonic oh. said, okay, well, how does this relate to smiling? And what did he find? Well, the answer is in the carotid artery. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Not the carotid artery, as some people mistakenly say. Uh, and that is the uh, pipe that delivers most of the blood to the brain flows through an opening called the cavernous sinus, and that's got a lot of facial veins there. So when you smile, uh, those muscles tighten, those veins are constricted. It's going to cut down the blood flow going uh, through the cartoid, (laughs) carotid artery, and uh, you're going to get a cooler brain. Right. So it's going to make you happier. But he said also, conversely, when you frown, it actually relieves even more pressure on that carotid artery. So more blood flows? More blood flow equals... More a higher temperature in the brain, and I mean we're talking about such a minute change, but it it certainly makes sense that if if our brains are sensitive, if the chemical processes in our brains are sensitive to very minute changes, which I imagine they would be, yeah, then this explanation is perfectly rational, sure. reasonable. Uh, it's not supported in any way. There's like none of these studies show definitively that yes. Um, Smiling makes you happier, but they suggest that the the, the results suggest that there's a, a pretty good chance yeah. that people become happier just from smiling, even even faking it. Yes, but you found a study that refuted that, Josh. Well, well let's talk about the Botox first. Yes, two more studies, both very interesting. So the Botox one, remember, kind of supports this. We were saying like with the um, uh, with the shocks, Duquesne shocks, uh-huh. or using the pen, right? You're, you're trying to take emotion out of the equation to see if facial expressions can create emotion. Yes. With Botox, it's doing the opposite. You're taking the facial expressions out to see uh, how that affects emotions. Right. And what they found, there's a, a study from 2010 from Barnard College in New York. Yeah. Um, that found that uh, people who have Botox. Botox, we should, I'm sure most people know, but it's a, it's a toxic protein 
It's uh, botulin. Yeah, that they inject into your uh, skin to basically paralyze it so, like, you don't have that troublesome space between your uh, eyes when you frown or your, your forehead doesn't crinkle up right. or your crow's feet don't don't crinkle up when you smile. It paralyzes the nerves. I yes, and it's sort of creepy looking sometimes. <laughs> yeah, especially but right it's afterwards. subtle, it's not too too bad. Right, but it's it's super popular these days. It is. <laughs> to have bot- botulum injected into your face is very popular. Yeah, it is. Pretty neato. We have finally arrived at the <laughs> dystopian future that's been predicted forever. Wow. Um, but what they found was that people um, who had uh, Botox injected reported... Um, they showed them basically like tearjerker clips yeah. from movies or, or something like that. Like Annette Bening's on a couch and she's like crippled or something like that. Yeah, like Sweet Home Alabama or something. Yeah, exactly. Like at the end when things turn out right for everybody. It's, yeah. It's um, and the, the people who had received Botox injections reported uh, less of an emotional response than people who've been given Restylane, mm-hmm. which is another injection, but it's a filler. It doesn't paralyze anything. Yeah. So basically, the idea is it matched their face. The, the <laughs> results were that they, if you can't produce a a facial expression, then your emotional experience is is slightly lessened. Yeah, it's muted. So this shows sense. both ways. Yeah, facial expressions are somehow connected to emotion. True. So to producing emotion. The other study, which I like, talks about fake smiling. Yeah, like. Uh, you know, uh, turn that frown upside down and you won't be so gloomy. Not true. Fake smiling can actually make things worse. So Walmart greeters, when you're being told to smile on your job, uh-huh. that can actually bum you out more. And that's, oh, yeah. that's the reason. Can't you just that's don't one you intuitively, didn't you intuitively know this already? That that poor schmo whose job yeah, it is to smile at everybody is probably the one who like wants to punch you in the stomach most. Yeah, by the end of the day, sure. Yeah. But it's just interesting because all these other things say like a smile can actually increase your emotion, but it's got to be a real smile. A fake smile has the reverse effect, and uh, they actually did some research on this. Yeah, Michigan State 2011 study. Go Spartans. It was in the Academy of Management Journal, and basically this professor... Um, he's a professor of management. He studied a group of bus drivers over two weeks and found that the ones who fake smiled the most had more withdrawal and emotional exhaustion. And had less hemorrhoids? Probably. <laughs> um, and, but, so basically that's surface acting, fake smiling? Yes. But he did find also that deep acting, which is where you're like trying to, uh, cultivate a more positive outlook inside yourself. Yeah, like thinking of a really pleasant memory that genuinely makes you happy. Right. You you doing that can lead to actual more positive feelings and better performance at work because again it's a management study, so that's what they care about. But yeah. you 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 actually do um, experience more better feelings. There's a positive effect rather than a, an emotional withdrawal or, or waste that comes from fake smiling. Which makes sense to me because yeah. I mean think about it like Facial expressions are, we've always assumed, designed for another person. This is how I'm feeling right now. Respond accordingly. Mm-hmm. If you are misleading everybody, you're you're going to, at the very least, feel like you're not connected to anyone because there's no one who is understanding you. Yeah, they said it causes feelings of inauth- inauthenticity, which makes sense. And they also found that women, who are typically viewed as more emotional than men, Got in worse moods with the fake smiling, mm-hmm. and 
reacted even more positively when they were deep acting and really able to able to conjure up those uh, pleasant feelings. Yeah. Puppies. Yeah. So men are just uh, apes. Well, uh, another study, 2005 uh, Minowit University study, sure. found that um, women are likelier to smile, wh- whether they feel like smiling or not, in almost all social situations compared to men. Yeah. That's so they're, they're in up, That explains why women are often emotionally exhausted. Yeah. My mom was uh, much more inclined to put on a happy face around other people yeah. than my dad was. My dad would literally just like go off by himself and sulk in front of everybody yeah. and just be like, here's me. But still, in 2011, the point that we're at is um, putting pens in people's mouths and mm-hmm. telling them to make E sounds. In our smile research, this is where we are. But at the very least, the findings are um, they're interesting. And man, it has been forever since we've done like a study fest. Yeah. Uh, this feels like 2008, 2009. Crazy. Yeah. You know, we've been doing this for more than three years now. Really? Yep. That means uh, Sarah, our fan, is... She's like 90. Nah, she wrote recently. I think she's 14 now. She's 15? 14. Is she 14 now? Yeah. Yeah, she's 14. She's on the Facebook page now. Did you see her? No, I haven't. Cute as as a darn button. Well, that's great. Well, that's it for smiling. I'm done smiling for the day. Yeah. I don't feel like being emotionally withdrawn and exhausted. Although our next podcast that we're recording is pretty fun. It is. But that'll be a genuine smile. Yes. Okay, so uh, Chuck, you got anything else? Uh, no, uh, just to plug the um, fact that we're on the radio now, you can listen to us on Friday nights from 7 to 8 if you're in the New York area, yeah. New Jersey area on yeah. WFMU 91.1. As a matter of fact, we cover the whole Hudson Valley like a wet blanket that's been left out in the street for a couple of days. <laughs> Hudson Valley, you can find us at 90.1, Fridays from 7 to 8. And big thanks to Ken Friedman. Yeah, huge thanks. Ken Friedman's like, he should wear a cape. Yeah, he might. Uh, he probably does. But uh, Ken is at WFMU, and he's like everyone we've talked to in public radio, because we've talked to other folks, has said, boy, Ken is like one of the stand-up guys. Yep. So, so thank thanks, you. Ken. And if you're listening to this right now on WFMU, we'll bet you appreciate Ken yourself. Oh, yeah, they know. Um, okay, so what? you want to do listener mail now? Oh, if you want to know more about smiling and happiness, type happy in to the search bar at our beloved venerable website, howstuffworks.com, and it's going to bring up a ton of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot there of happiness. There's so much happiness stuff that we wrote like last year. Boy, people love studying emotion. Yeah. Yes, they do. Those psychologists, they, they, that's just that's their thing. It certainly is. Let's make people cry and then ask them about it. <laughs> let's make people, let's shock people in the face. we got to get that happiness <laughs> audiobook released, huh? Is, is it still relevant? Sure it is. Okay. It was evergreen. It was timeless. Classic. Anyway, I said House of Forks and Handy Search Bar, so listener mail. Uh, should we go with Underground Railroad or um, Fear Orgasms? <laughs> I think fear orgasm. Okay. I got permission to read this, by the way, as I do all of them. Uh, hi, guys. Love the podcast. Thanks for making me learn and laugh. I swear the following story is true. Bizarre, but true. So I'm listening to the fear podcast at the gym today. And uh, you gave an example of men asking women out after experiencing fear because they feel invisible or sexual. And Josh said something like, if you've ever had a strange reaction to fear, let us know. Invincible? Invisible. 
I think she meant invincible. Maybe so. Okay. Uh, last month, I had a truly bizarre experience related to fear. My boss was out of town. He put me in charge of a webinar he had planned to do. And I've moderated them before, but this uh, was the first time I had to make sure all the mechanics worked correctly. About 50 people were expected to join. I'd practiced thoroughly, going through it a few times to make sure I had it down. When the day came to do the webinar, I loaded it up two hours beforehand to make sure it was all ready, and it did not work correctly. I read through my notes and tried again. I could not get the slides up and started to panic. I can't get the phone lines to work all of a sudden. I try again and again, and I am panicking now. I call the client to let them know my difficulties. At this point, I am really panicked. It's been two hours, folks sending me texts while they can't connect, sending I, emails. I like the build-up here. It's just like, especially <laughs> well, if you know exactly. it's coming. You're like, here it comes. Uh, two phone lines went down, no way to reach the software support line, and 50 people waiting for me to connect them to the webinar that is supposed to start right now. I'm shaking with anxiety, and guess what my body does? <laughs> I have an intense orgasm, and then another one. She doubled down. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm thinking my body was trying to get rid of extra energy so I could focus, uh, which kind of makes sense, maybe. Or it's just like, enough of this. Right. Let's party. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, it was so unexpected that I almost started laughing. And no, I have not told many people about this. I'm not sure <laughs> how told they like would a few react. hundred thousand people. Uh, you can share it if you find it of interest, but please only use my first name. <laughs> and Julie, I, I wrote her back and said, uh, yeah, I really would like to read this. And by the way, good for you. And she said, yeah, right? That's that. <laughs> now she like goes into uh, bear dens and she uh, hang glides and just does all sorts of crazy stuff. I'll bet. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. Uh, Julie Beckenwith, by the way, I just made up that last name. And oh, liter- yeah, literally, she didn't send her last name in. So for all those years that you know, I was stumbling around in the dark, not knowing what the heck was going on. I should have just like mounted a webinar. That's laughing. So uh, I don't even know what to call for now. Um, <laughs> let's see. If you have ever encountered a bear, let us know. All right. Yeah, we don't get too many outdoorsy emails these days. How about that? If you've ever encountered a bear, tell us about it. And uh, you can tweet to us, right? SYSK Podcast. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I should tell you, we have a little campaign going that started last night. Oh, really? A guy named OMG Chris. That's his Twitter handle. O-M-G-C-H-R-I-S-S-S. Right? Okay. He had, he asked us to take a vacation because he wanted to catch up. And I tweeted that, like, many other people have caught up and succeeded. You know, you need to. So um, I asked all of our fans and followers on Twitter to uh, let Chris know that he can do it. And there's a hashtag now. It's pound Chris can do it. And uh, all these people send in these words of encouragement and, and tips and on how to catch up. Some people listen to us at 1.5 or two times, and they say yeah. your your laugh is very funny at twice the speed. Yeah, we've gotten a lot of people that said they do that. So if you want to uh, encourage Chris, I've been retweeting a lot of uh, words of encouragement, but you can uh, send him a uh, tweet and uh, CC us on it, and then make sure you use the hashtag pound Chris can do it. All right? Is it? 
C H R I S S S. No, it's just C H R I S can do it. Okay. Good, good thinking. Awesome. Um, and then also we we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash stuff you should know. Yes, indeed. And you can send us your bear stories at stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Fork staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?